Who cares about your team winning the Super Bowl when your team could win the offseason? My name is Danny Heifetz, and I host the Ringer NFL Draft Show with Danny Kelly, Ben Solak, and Craig Horlbeck. We cover trades, free agency, the draft, obviously. We cover quarterbacks, and there are a lot of good quarterbacks this year. And the teams at the top of the draft, Washington, New England, Chicago, big teams with big histories. Listen to the Ringer NFL Draft Show on Spotify. It's the mismatch presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filtered by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page in the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus in person in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. Today's episode is brought to you by Prime Video. Uncontrollable frowning and inability to smile and expression like you just smelled something rotten. These are all signs of resting binge face caused by too many streaming services. But Prime Video ends resting binge face so you can smile again. Easily find your favorite shows like Reacher Season 2. Rent or buy new release movies like Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds, and Snakes. Get everything included on Prime. And add hundreds of streamers like Max for True Detective Night Country. One app, one password, Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership not required to rent or buy. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Welcome to The Mismatch. I'm Chris Vernon, and joining me, he does every Friday from TheRinger.com, is Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Bomber, Kevin O'Concert, Kevin O'Climber, Kevin O'Camera, Kevin O'Candyland, Kevin O'Blazarian, Kevin O'Sphere, Kevin! How are you doing on this beautiful morning? I'm great. We typically record on Thursday nights. We're recording on this Friday morning. I was at a basketball game last night, a game that had mercifully, for NBA fans, got it gotten flexed off of national television, the Memphis Grizzlies versus the red-hot Cleveland Cavaliers. So I'll, I'll tell you what I thought about the Cavs here in a little bit. But uh, one of the big things that took place last night was the announcement of the All-Star. So we will start with that because everybody always cares about who makes the All-Star team. And that was going on uh, while right, right before uh, the game that I was at last night. Uh, the All-Stars, of course, the starters had already been announced. Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, Jason Tatum, Tyrese Halliburton, and Damian Lillard in the East. And then the reserves. And we could kind of take these one by one, the guys that were named All-Stars. Jalen Brunson for the Red Hot Knicks. Him getting teary-eyed, you know, in the interview last night was just, such an incredibly special moment. He is such a great story uh, to hear Tibbs talking about him, who has obviously known him since he was a child. Um, and that he has, like, been this, you know, like every day there's a new article. It's like the the unsuspected superstar or second rounder to NBA All-Star or now the new, you know, the new thing. In the Big Apple is Jalen Brunson, and not only has he been absolutely awesome and a leader for that team, it was super cool to see that. And that's when people can it beco- can become trite, but you see something so special like that and a goal accomplished and a guy getting recognized. And I think everybody knew, most people thought he should have been a starter, that he was going to get named, but it still was like really a moment, like an achievement and was clearly very special to Brunson, Knicks, Knicks fans that he got that acknowledgement. So I, I, the the first one right off the bat, I think everybody was thrilled about. I mean, it was also just like a special night. Drops 40 points, 
big game for him and crowd chant and MVP. Uh, it's just, it's pretty cool. I mean, all of it's a good story. It's the best. It's definitely, from what I understand, the, the number one all-time case of tampering. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, that sure worked out, huh? A second-round pick. So, yeah, second-round pick. Well worth it. Um, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot because I know there's a lot of rightful dunking on Dallas for the success of Jalen Brunson. But I will say this. We always, sometimes we could do a lot of revisionist history on this stuff. Now, Jalen Brunson is one that the mismatch can gleefully say that we talked about a lot leading into that draft. Because it had always been one of my things when we kept on every year, we talk about who's that guy that the ageist thing is going to get him, right? We, he, is, he is awesome. He has proven he's awesome. And yet, he's going to drop it. For whatever reason, he's not in these first-round mocks. He very well may go in the second round. And, of course, he did uh, right into the second round. And that we have one of these happen virtually every year and we try to spot it beforehand. And so we had talked about Brunson and then his career with Dallas ends with him being better than we ever would have expected him being. And when Luca went out, he took over completely. He was absolutely unbelievable there. He's got the ball. He's running pick and roll. He's dominating. And then if you remember, you know, they're playing against Phoenix. Luca comes back and his numbers like cratered. All of that stuff that he had just been mowing people down with because now it's a Luca dominant team. And so all I'm saying is, of course, you should have kept him. Of course, they should have paid him. All I'm saying is, I it, it ran through my mind thinking about this because one of the other starters in this Easter conference is Tyrese Halliburton. I don't think we ever see this Jalen Brunson if he's playing with Luka. He's a guy that needs the ball. And I know you never see this Tyrese Halliburton if he's still playing with the Aaron Fox. And the reason this was all going through my mind last night is because I'm watching Donovan Mitchell dominate the ball last night. And I'm going, you're never going to get the Darius Garland if this is the case. Like, Darius Garland is going to, one of them is going to end up on another team at some point, and they're both absolutely awesome. But sometimes, and you've talked about this a lot, Kevin, with the overlap, it's like, man, the best thing to do with this guy is to run pick and roll. Well, the best thing for the other guy on your team is to dominate the ball as well. And so maybe we, we never get to see that Halliburton if he's still with Fox. Maybe we never get to see that Garland if he's still with Mitchell. And I would just say that, yes, it was a mistake, but I don't think we ever get to see this full view of Brunson if he did get retained by Dallas. Not to piss off Mavs fans again, but how much of that is Lucas' fault for being inflexible at the time? And, I mean, he, he's accommodated Kyrie more. Granted, Kyrie misses every game. But with Brunson and Luca, shouldn't it have theoretically worked even better than it did? Like, because they I did have success together, but like, I, couldn't they couldn't have Brunson have still blossomed in that environment? Not to this extent, obviously. This is a totally different environment. He runs that offense, like you said. He is the orchestrator. He is the engine. He is in New York, right? That's why I thought he should have been a starter. That's uh, why he, he could be an All NBA guy. Brunson is special. But couldn't it have worked even better in Dallas if Luca were willing to sacrifice a bit more? And it's understandable Maybe. why he doesn't. You know, he but this dominates. has always been the LeBron thing, right? Which is mm -hmm. I know, you, I know, you've you've got to sacrifice. You're you, we're, you're just and maybe sometimes yep. not getting the best of a guy. What he would totally be possible of for sure. Um, is it's the, the it's, best it's the thing, don't, right? It, it's the it's the don't fit out, fit in thing right. that LeBron has always said about you know he said years ago about Kevin Love. Like if you're playing with a player of that magnitude, Jason Kidd just said Luca is on a Michael Jordan trajectory. He's in that you know class of talents. If you're, right. you're playing with a guy like that, 
It's on you to figure out how to fit. And uh, Brunson's the guy scoring 40. Luca's the guy scoring 70, right? So, right. I mean, I th- I get I get it. I'm just I'm just, you know, it's just interesting to think about like in a different world where where Luca were willing to to move more without the ball, to cut more, screen be a screener more. Like what would that have looked like with Brunson with those two together? Um it's just I, well, I mean, we're seeing it with Kyrie about. now, and to his credit, it, it's work. It's working much better with Kyrie yeah, than we would have definitely. expected it, it to it's, work. It's like lessons learned, and plus, plus, this is like just in terms of the name value of a player and the proven success of a player. This is Kyrie Irving. That that was Jalen Brunson, who hadn't proven he could do this at this scale uh, yeah. at the time, except for when Luca was out. The next of the reserves was Donovan Mitchell, a guy I got to see in person last night. I think it's some. I think in some ways Mitchell has he has delved into the underrated. You know, when we get to the playoffs, everybody always is like Donovan Mitchell because he's got one of the best playoff points per game in the history of the league, um, and has always been a big time performer when it comes to that stage. But just getting to see him, and it's you know. Jared Allen, unfortunately, twisted his ankle last night after 20 minutes. And so he was out of the game. And Mobley wasn't playing. They're trying to work Garland back into the mix. I mean, they they clearly uh, are going to try to work this stuff back together after they had had such an amazing groove. But credit to them, the groove continues. And... Every time I see him in person, I remind I, I'm reminded of what a just a massive star he truly is, and how he can be your best player. And he's not playing with the who's who last night. You look around there, and it's like, man, this is. I get it. Jared Allen's been amazing. He's got the. He should have had his 17th consecutive double double. They took a rebound away. I believe, so he ended up with nine. But he would have had 17 consecutive double-doubles. So Jared Allen has been great and anchoring what has been the number one defense for some time now. Uh, But Mitchell is great, well-deserving, and I think they have certainly massively overachieved compared to what we thought would happen after they lost their guys. That turned from... (laughs) That turned from, man... Do you now have to think about trading guys and maybe Mitchell especially to this has been the best team in the league for over a month record-wise? It's kind of crazy the way it's played out, but Mitchell gets Mitchell and Allen as a as a duo get all the credit for that. And I'm glad that, you know, Mitchell, I don't think there was any surprise with that, but I'm glad that he got recognized. And you guys made a trade yesterday, Oladipo, acquiring yeah. him for Adams and two I've already got my picks. Oladipo jersey, Kevin. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I wonder if he'll ever step foot in Memphis. I don't even know if there's anything you have to do with the transaction for him to step foot. But the Stephen Adams thing. Uh, sad to see him go. I am. I am. Uh, you know, I am more sad that it didn't work out with him being able yeah. to play these two years because you know he got hurt last January and banged his knee, and then you've got a mess of an injury. Uh, I think he probably did not want to get cut on. And, you know, it's one of those that you hopefully can uh, revive that knee and, and you you can manage it without hopefully having to get it cut on. But then it obviously after playing two preseason games, uh, which he was great in. And so that was even more depressing. And he didn't get hurt in them. It was like, OK, this has got to get cut on. And so he missed a whole nother season. And he's got a lot of miles on him. Um, he immediately turns your team into the best or one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the NBA. There is not a team that Steven Adams has been on in his career. And that is for good reason. I mean, he is the common bond. No matter where he's played, you're going to immediately become a great offensive rebounding team. He's a great teammate. He is an awesome role-playing center, a better passer than I gave him credit for. Uh, but I understand his contract goes out. You want to stay out of the second apron. You want to get assets. So there's usually a move that means another move might be on the horizon. And, you know, since they've had John Morant, they've had Jonas Valanciunas and Steven Adams. Those are not ideal fits. What you would love to have is somebody that can really rebound to put next to Jaron Jackson. And it's a 
above the rim finisher. Somebody that you can run pick and rolls with, like the Jared Allen type thing. The the pick and roll finisher when you're playing with such a dynamic point guard and also, you know, Bain who can now create off the dribble as well. So I think that, you know, long term, you probably want a great fit. And, you know, these are the kind of money transactions that take place. I mean, they're not going anywhere this year anyway. So you're planning everything out for next season. If he comes back and is good, that'll be great for Houston. Great. Yeah, He's it's a great player to have on your team. Yeah, yeah, with the Rockets, like they, there was rumors about them going after Robert Williams from the Blazers, even though yep. he's out injured right now. And Adams kind of fits the same mindset there as Time Lord, uh, except obviously way older. Uh, even I, I don't even I don't even know if it's fair to say he's more injury prone at this point. Rob Williams is very injury prone, uh, injury prone, but. Um, that makes sense for Houston. And also, like, because he has the one year left on his contract, it doesn't mean that they can't trade him again. Like, Houston right. could always flip him. So that, that's just something to monitor there. And for Memphis, obviously, this is, you know, you get the expiring and um, changes your finances right. above all else. Uh, other Eastern Conference All-Stars, Jalen Brown, we agree, totally deserve best team in the Eastern Conference. Of course, they've got multiple All-Stars. Bam Adebayo for the Heat. Um, it was interesting to me that he was recognized as an all-star. I have, I don't have a problem with it, uh, but the Heat have just been on the struggle bus in the biggest way recently. Now, this obviously takes place, you know, the voting and everything probably takes place before this has gotten to this point, but man, oh man, uh, I don't really have a problem with it. Randall, Maxi, and then Paolo Bancaro. So you got three new ones in Maxi, Bancaro, and Jalen Brunson. Those are the ones to truly focus on. Um, all very deserving. And I was very happy that Ben Carroll made it, especially after in our last episode, I raved about Ben Carroll and what I had just seen and how much I loved him and his future prospects. It was nice to see him make his first all-star game. Yeah, dude, exactly. Yeah, it was, I mean, we talked about him a ton, ton on our episode earlier this week, so I don't want to repeat. I put out a clip <laughs> about Ben Carroll as well. Um, All right, how about yeah. Maxi? Let's talk about that because he had 51 last night after being named to his first all-star team. And Pretty cool. It is, it is really cool. And, I mean, I don't know how many 50s he's going to have to have to uh, to have them winning games on a regular basis because, unfortunately, one of the huge stories that has happened since we last spoke is the Embiid injury. And, man, oh, man, what a, what a wild week it has been via social media because the first thing was getting killed for not for the conversation changing surrounding uh Joel Embiid 70 and then Lucas 73 uh because i suppose most people don't understand why after four guys score 60 and two guys <laughs> score 70, the conversation would change from when it was truly this historic statistical anomaly. But that neither here nor there. Uh, it's it's how how much I praised Embiid over Luca, And then by this episode, it's about how much I can't stand Embiid because we <laughs> ripped him for not playing against Denver. And... Look, I understand that we're in a day and age where you just got to find somebody to be mad at. But being mad at the media ain't it. Okay, look, I didn't say Joel Embiid wasn't hurt. His team said he wasn't hurt. He said he wasn't hurt. So you, the observant fan, can look and you go, all you have to do is watch him and you can tell he's hurt. I don't have, that, that's not on me. I don't have to watch. No, I get to trust his team and him. He told Tim Bontemps, I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing in Denver. His team, the day of the game, said he's not hurt. That's what an injury report is. So to blame us for him then playing in the next game, like we have anything to do with it. Anything. The media has nothing. And if you want to talk about, oh, well, the pressure of people saying that he ducked Embiid is the reason he played the next one. Oh, and then what? Did I go and uh, did I push over uh, stupid Kaminga so that he'd fall on his leg too? 
<laughs> I was out there. I yanked him down. So he'd fall on his leg. He shouldn't have been out there in the first place at the media. Like, come on. Give it a rest. Look, this is, the, the team is responsible. The player is responsible. I don't know how far down the list some media member you're mad at the guy having this, you know, freak injury is. But the guy got landed on. It sucks. Should he have not been out there? Okay, I will accept. He was injured. He shouldn't have been out there. Then you know what should happen? His team should say he's injured. You know what should happen? He should say he's injured. That's not Chris Vernon and Kevin O'Connor's job. That's not any other media member's job. I don't know. All I can say is, if you tell me you're not injured and then you don't play, and then you duck out 15 minutes before the game, what am I to believe? On the note of, of Kaminga falling on Embiid's leg, the it other sucks. leg, by the way, it's not the leg that we, we knew at that time was giving him issues. This is the other leg um, that he ended up potentially tearing the meniscus in. I was watching Dr. Brian Suterer's video on this injury. And like I think you're familiar with uh, Suterer. He makes YouTube videos analyzing sports injuries, and he does a tremendous job. He speculates that that fall on Embiid's leg isn't actually what caused the injury because of the way the knee mm. flexes in that situation, but it could be what agitated it and made symptoms appear. Uh, and like obviously, we don't want to get into the science and the mechanics of it, but I was very intrigued. Brian speculates that Embiid had already had the torn meniscus for who knows how long. And it may or may not have been displaying symptoms uh, because that's often the case with slight tears in the meniscus. And because the Sixers aren't rushing straight to say he needs surgery, he needs to have this repaired, it could be a very, very minor tear in the meniscus, like something very minor, which is which would not require surgery and therefore mean that he can come back at some point during the season. I've heard personally Earlier in the week, you and I both know we heard that it was a torn meniscus. That turned yep. out to be true. I also heard that he could he's going to be out through the All-Star week, right? All-Star weekend, he's going to be out through then. But so far, I'm not hearing any speculation of surgery. Uh, there was re no reporting last night from Woj or Shams or anybody who put it out there indicated surgery. So hopefully that at least means Embiid can come back at some point during the season, whether or not he'll be he'll be 100% healthy, flying around the floor, that remains to be seen. But I, I, I think there's a chance based off the reporting, the, the rumblings, and the analysis from you know people who understand these injuries, I, I, I'd be a little bit surprised if it were surgery at this point, and hopefully yeah. it's not. Unfortunately, I had to learn a lot about this back in the day when it was the, the Jaron Jackson one, which is... And I think it comes down to typically if you're going to get cut on, it's like repaired or removed. Repaired is what you would do with the young player. A lot of guys get removed and then it's always a problem. Like, you know, you can still play, right? But down the road, it's, you know, you could get the bone on bone and whatever. But the, and, you and can, for what's worth, he did have a meniscus injury on this knee years ago. Right. And so it'd be interesting to see the way they play it out. He very well may be able to come back. I hope he does. Um he um he was having an unbelievable season. Unbelievable season. Yeah. And he has had his battles with injuries over the years. And so here's hoping that he could come back and give them their chance because they certainly have a chance at the title. It's it's fascinating to think about how this alters how they think about the next week. Do you think it alters it at all? In what way? What do you mean? Uh, with trade deadlines next Thursday for the for the Sixers? Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't think so. I think they're going to continue with the same mindset that they've had, and that they'll take a deal if it makes sense to do more than going for cap space this summer. Mm. I don't think that changes. You don't? No, I don't. I think you would have really gone for it this I don't year. Know. I, I think they're serious about the cap space. This I summer mean, and look, and they also feel there's this the roster, old but they feel this roster is great still as is you see it with Maxi last night with what he's capable of they feel that this roster has a high probability of making a deep run I mean there's that old quote of Daryl Morey which is going to get rehashed if you got a five percent chance of winning the championship you owe it mm -hmm. to yourself to go for it yep. so 
we know that that's how he typically operates but and that's I, how he but, feels. But I, I, like, it's like we they got way better it. than a 5% chance. But it's like we talked about a couple months ago. What is out there? That That's the question. What's out there that's more worth it than sticking with what you have and, and then also having your cap space for the summer to also bolster your chances next year? That That's the question. Well, the other thing is, you need another guy that makes it so that if you can bring him back, that it's not all on him. Uh, yeah, but if but if Embiid's not healthy, then it's over anyway. Like you need Embiid healthy, no matter what. Even if but you go you, get another guy, you go get DeRozan and Caruso. You go that get makes those it. Guys. You don't need him a hundred then. Yeah, because you you're probably just, never getting yeah, him a hundred this year. You but. still need at least ninety plus. Eh. I don't know, and every, man. And everybody's playing with something at that point of the season, too. So, I think mean, it equalizes, but I don't know. I, I I don't think it changes anything, personally. Awful to have it play out the way that it, it, it has. changes something if Embiid needs surgery, obviously. But if there's if they feel he can come back and, and perform at a high level still, if this is something that he, as Suterer speculates, could be something that he was already playing with, well, you know. That that then that's something makes you feel better about his chances of of reaching the same form later in the year. Well, to that point, that makes a lot of sense to me because you remember the speculation. A few we- you mean? No, no, no. I'm telling you about the the Studer uh, the Studer stuff. Where yeah, you're yeah, saying that's what that, I mean. Yep, yep. Yeah, that that he it doesn't make sense that that necessarily caused it. But what happens is something might have, and then you go and look at it, and you go, oh. This, uh, you got a little tear in here, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Be- and the reason I'm saying this is because everybody knows that one of the best players in the NBA is uh, John Morant, and he lost his season completely to this shoulder thing. So if you remember, they beat the Lakers on like a Friday night, and he's sitting on the scorer's table getting interviewed after the game and made some threes in the fourth quarter of that game, shooting. And then Saturday, they say he hurt himself at a training session and now he's got this, you know, blown shoulder that's going to require surgery and he's out for the year. And everybody's like, what the hell? What I uh, was was told was he didn't hurt the shoulder necessarily on Saturday, but his shoulder was already hurting and he was just playing through it. And of course he felt guilty for the 25 games, but it's a been it's been a thing, right? But it's not something that would keep him from playing. But then maybe you're lifting weights or whatever you're doing. Maybe you're playing ah, in practice. And then you're like, damn, man. They're like, hey, we need to take a look at that. They take a look at it and they go, hey, man, you can't be playing with this. Same thing with them beat, right? That's that's exactly what Brian said. He's like, because because this happened on the court, it it, it forces the team to then take a look at it. And his point was, you can look at at the meniscus of a ton of athletes who actually have micro tears in it that that should require them to take time to rest and and heal it naturally um, or even get surgery. But they don't even, some players don't even feel it or if it just feels like normal soreness to them. And that's that's like, it's not anything that requires doctors to take a look, but obviously it does. Case, it does make be, you wonder, like, you yeah. know what I mean? If you just took all these guys and you put them uh-huh. in an x-ray, <laughs> <How many right? laughs> they have the whole league in surgery, probably. I I mean, but that's what playing, that's what playing professional athletics is. Right? Some replacement players. <laughs> FanDuel's putting the ball in your court for the rest of the NBA season, because right now new customers get $200 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's 200 bucks if your bet wins. And Friday's a perfect time to get rolling with a slate of NBA games. I really like the Suns on the road against the Hawks. Minus three and a half points. Atlanta is not that great. Phoenix is starting to roll. I like that game. And if you don't want to bet on a game, you can always look ahead at NBA Finals with futures. You can look at awards, total regular season wins, bunch of different ways to bet on the NBA. You can also look at quick bets, live same game parlays, player props, and a whole bunch more. Go check it out at FanDuel.com slash mismatch. Be sure to do FanDuel.com slash mismatch. And when you're there, make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. 
Must be 21 plus present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler or visit theringer.com slash Audrey. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued in non drawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. All right. On the Western Conference, we knew the starters were LeBron, Durant, Jokic, Doncic, and SGA. The reserves were announced last night. Anthony Edwards, look, leading scorer on the uh, team that's been number one for the majority of the season in the Western Conference. No issues. Steph Curry, one of the biggest stars in the entire NBA. I'm going to actually see him tonight in person. Maybe the least I've looked forward to watching a Grizzlies-Warriors game ever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Kawhi Leonard, I mean, he's having an unbelievable season. He has missed a minimal amount of games, which is the most shocking part. Uh, But he has been absolutely awesome for a team that has been great post uh, the first five games after the Harden deal. Anthony Davis is having a great statistical season on a mediocre team. Uh, Devin Booker, I thought that maybe he had missed, you know, uh, the, the, the missing the games that he did would hurt him, but he's in there. Uh, Paul George, again, very good team, having a good year. And then Carl Towns. Seems like the one that everybody's, you know, bickering with is the Kings not having anybody. Neither Fox nor Sabonis. And the Sabonis one feels especially egregious considering he's having this freakish season. And if you're having a freakish statistical season and you're not on a bad team, like you remember a couple of years ago when we had the discussion about Brad Beal not making it and he was averaging like 30 points a game, but his team wasn't good and he got left out uh, in favor of some guys that were on good teams. Sabonis is averaging. 20 points, 13 rebounds, and 8 assists. The only player to ever have a season where he averaged that was Wilt Chamberlain. <laughs> I mean, not Jokic, not Embiid, not Bill Russell, not LeBron. Like, nobody. Like, these, th- those are gaudy, gaudy numbers that he is putting up. And the Kings are good. So, that one, that one is goofy to me. Sabonis. And I know you're the biggest Sabonis fan in the world. So, I, I can imagine that you think it's a crime against humanity? I mean, I'm I'm a realist when it comes to him. We, we know we know he's a trem- tremendous regular season player, and he should be an all star. He should be. Uh, I mean, I think you could make an easier argument for Sabonis over Paul George. You could make it over Cat. Other than that, I mean, maybe you can make it over Ant. But I I, would, I don't think I'd do that. I wouldn't go that far. But I think you could over George. You could over Cat. I think you could also argue uh, for Rudy Gobert over his own teammate, Carl Anthony Towns. I think you could make arguments for Lowry Markkinen, but not over DeMontis Sabonis. Uh, it seems like most of the snubs, I know Trey Young in the East is is a snub in some regards, but I think most of the snubs seem to be in the Western Conference. Like yeah, the real, it, it the ones does. With real arguments, right? Well, and I feel like it. what was crazy is you see the Anthony Edwards thing where he's like, they're asking about wanting to be an all-star. He's like, I don't really care about being an all-star. I just hope Rudy makes it. Yeah. And then Towns gets it. I'm like, your own guy wanted the other guy to make it. Your own teammate. I'm a little surprised by by the coaches deciding that. Are are you? I don't know. I'm just, I'm kind of shocked by that, to be honest. I think Gobert has been, he's been sensational defensively for them this season. He's, I I don't know. I'm a little, I guess defense ultimately it just feel, I don't know. It feels like the coaches, you know, decided that we're going to reward the perimeter guys, the scorers. Like Sabonis is like he's a scorer, but not a perimeter type of scorer guy. That they rewarded like the, the Paul Georges, the Carl Anthony Townses, those perimeter guys more so than anything else. Fox not making it is a surprise, obviously Crazy. too. And yeah. I, and I feel terrible for those guys because it does matter to them greatly. In the end, when it's all said and done, we do go back and look at how many All Star games you made. We were just having a discussion the other day on my show where we were like, I think we went and looked it up and there's like maybe two, I think. I think there were like two guys that had made seven or eight all-star teams that are not like Hall of Famers. Yeah. Like Joe, It was Joe Johnson. Joe Johnson was one of them. Because we were talking about Lowry after he had gotten traded. That's what it was. It was like, Lowry's made, I think, six. But I mean, like, that's the kind of stuff we do. Is like, after your career's all said and done, we go back and look and we go, yeah, you know, Guy did make six All Star games. Guy did make seven All Star games. So I mean, it does matter. It 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 is it is a marker as to where you were within the league, and especially for the years that you and I were not aware of. Get you know, uh, 
when we go back and we look at like the 80s, if we want a historical reference point for who the best players were, we're going to go, who were the all-stars? Well, Chris, this is this is why I was anti-moving back to East-West because Fox, Sabonis, Gobert, these guys should be all-stars over Ben Caro, Julius Randle, Jalen Brown. Like, like, let's just be honest there. This, the issue was going back to East-West. So if for Kings fans or whoever it might be have gripes, I think, I think the real argument for these guys is over some of the Eastern Conference players who were, who were given spots because it was turned back into conferences well, determining these teams. I, I, and I think you and I both feel like the easy fix, which many have been proponents of, so I, you know, we can't claim this, but many have been proponents of for many, many years. I know David Aldridge has been on this for 20 years. Going conferenceless? No, just expanding it to 15. I don't know. We, that's unnecessary. Why not? What's wrong with keeping an exclusive at 24 total? 12 and I mean, I, I, I'm against 12 in each. I'd rather they move to conference. Because I think, I, I think, I think there's three that you could absolutely say every year are, are, are all star level players. Yeah, but how many guys are going to play, play out, out there for two minutes? I don't know. No, I, most guys don't I, play we, we anyway. Don't need, we don't need more spots. I think there's enough spots. Just keep okay. it exclusive. All right. Should we well, expand I mean, the all NBA teams too from 15 to 20? Okay, well then, look. I, hey, look. I'm fine with Rudy Gobert not making it. You're not. No, I'm. I'm just saying that I think it should be. <laughs> hey, we could have got your guy in the game. In, in uh, fairness, I think I, they made it. They made a change this year to 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 make the teams East and West. But uh, but in the recent years, with the determination of the spots, it's still been twelve East, twelve West. I think it should just be the best twenty four across the league. It can, it could be ten guys in the East and fourteen guys in the West. I don't see the issue with that. Then it's I like the conferences mattering. I, I wish conferences and divisions would matter more, not less. I could be open to that as well from a standing standpoint. But for yeah. All Star, I mean, for All Star, what does it matter? It's an All Star. Right. It's an exhibition game. Well, look, I will say this: I wish those guys would have gotten their awards. Sabonis and Gobert, are horrible All Star players. Like you just don't want <laughs> nobody. Nobody wants to watch that in the All Star game. It's They're almost great like ba- that's, that's great basketball saying. players. It's like coaches yeah. said, "Yeah, we'll pick the more entertaining All Star players instead of the better performers." Yeah, but then that doesn't really it, that doesn't really apply to Fox. Fox is a he is made for an All Star game. Fox is probably the biggest snub from both those perspectives. Yeah, in terms of performance like he improved a lot this year the way he extended his range from mid to three it's impressive he did he did a great job with that all right so we got to get to the story that you wrote earlier this week about kind of the the lakers and the crossroads and about your first sports illustrated cover that you remember with michael jordan and the wizards on it and then we had this report I was looking back at the the timing of those SI covers coming out. In the story, I mentioned how we got a my dad got a subscription of Sports Illustrated for kids, like sometime in like September, December two thousand one. And the, and the first cover that I can remember is the Michael Jordan one, mm-hmm. which was uh, January two thousand two. Yep. And I was looking back at the covers. the 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 swimsuit cover came out in December. My dad must have kept that one to himself. You never. You, it's the first time I, you saw it. I don't remember that one. Uh, oh, I was I I was the he, first to get those out of the mailbox. <laughs> That's what my dad must have been doing. I don't ever remember seeing them. I don't remember. <laughs> my dad, I didn't, I didn't know they I existed. Told you, I told you, my dad didn't get my dad didn't get home from work until like you know. Typically, is he would get home about five to five thirty. He would go. He would pour this like huge diet coke. And then he would go and he would sit down and at 5.30, it was uh, the Tom Brokaw was on the NBC Nightly News and he would watch the Nightly News with Tom Brokaw, right? And so I had really until six to do anything. So I was home from, and my mom was teaching college. So like I would get dropped off at home. So like I was the first to the mailbox, like, like for the majority, for the majority of my life. Oh my god! What I was, is happening to me? It was like a communal event in my in my neighborhood because there was a bunch of like little boys who'd be like, "Look at this!" I remember El McPherson, Kathy Ireland. Like I remember like the big ones that came out, and it was like when you're a 
13, 14 year old boy, you're like, oh my God. Because we didn't have the internet. <laughs> yeah, it's, I guess I had the internet. It became less yeah. important. <laughs> and there were there would always be some right, yeah, right. There would that's always all, be that's some. That's why my dad kept them. I didn't even know they existed. I was like, No, that's this? how we that's how we saw boobs, unless there was like some weird kid whose like stepdad had Playboys around the house or something, right? <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, the that was the way. Out, just lay it out of the coffee table. Yeah, it was never. It was always the stepdad. The stepdad was always the one. Like uh, uh, without fail, all of my buddies. It was uh, if their like dad had like salacious materials. It was always their stepdad. <laughs> the stepdad didn't care, but he. Uh, but yeah, when those swimsuit issues would come out, big moments. Big moments. Communal experience, you called it. Communal experience. Everybody, because we're all like, <laughs> look at this. We didn't know. I mean, we didn't see stuff like that. I'm old, man. You got to remember, I'm old. Mm -hmm. Where would you see it? And it wasn't on TV like it was now. It is now. Yeah, that's true. Like, it was a thing. So, yeah, those like Kathy Ireland, Elle McPherson, those are all like legends to anybody in my age group. Legends. <laughs> <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Prime Video. Uncontrollable frowning, an inability to smile, an expression like you just smelled something rotten. These are all signs of resting binge face caused by too many streaming services. But Prime Video ends resting binge face so you can smile again. Easily find your favorite shows like Reacher Season 2. Rent or buy new release movies like Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds, and Snakes. Get everything included on Prime. And add hundreds of streamers like Max for True Detective Night Country. One app, one password. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership not required to rent or buy. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by USAA Insurance. When you're a homeowner in the military community, peace of mind is priority. And USAA Homeowners Insurance has the award-winning service to give you just that. They'll help you protect your home and what's inside of it at the high standard their members have grown to expect. If you have to file a claim, the process is transparent and easy. And you can do it all right in the USAA app. And they offer many discounts to help their members save. That could put your wallet at ease, too. Visit usaa.com slash homeowners to learn more. Eligibility restrictions apply. USAA means United Services Automobile Association and its affiliates. San Antonio, Texas. So you write this article. I will say, as we update this morning, Rich Paul has said, we don't want him to get traded and LeBron's not getting traded. And, and, and the reason why this happened is because a, a local L.A. reporter this week, who has been on top of a, a lot over the years with LeBron's status. Um, Somebody told me last night he's the guy that uh, tipped everybody off to the Kyrie, uh, to the Kawhi stuff with the Clippers. Yes, uh, David Pingalore, uh, I may be mispronouncing his last name, from KTLA. He's been a sports anchor and reporter for many years. He, he was on top of the Kawhi stuff. It, back in like 2012, he said in two years, LeBron's angling to get back to Cleveland. A lot of stuff. He, he's been on top of a lot of stuff. And he said that the Lakers, you know, top priority is moving LeBron and they're you know, looking for a home for him. So then Rich Paul comes out today and says that we're not asking for a trade. LeBron's not going to get traded. So that, that's all out there. But it, within my article, what you're alluding to is earlier in the week on Tuesday, we published my LeBron thing. I kind of just go through the entire Lakers situation. Who were their trade assets? Who were the guys that they could trade for? Who were the What are the guys that I would trade for? How would I approach this situation? And then I throw out the question, well, if it's inevitable that LeBron's going to leave this summer for any reason to play with his son, to look for a better team, a contender, is it possible that the best time for a divorce is right now? Because then LeBron could make the most of his age 39 season. He could join a contender. The Lakers could get more back than they would this summer if he were to walk into cap space or ask for a sign and trade. And it's just throwing the question out there is what is it for the best now? And it's then everything happened. LeBron with right. the with the emoji, the times up emoji. Um, you know, there's just a lot happened throughout the week with the Lakers losing games. Obviously, then they beat the Celtics last night without LeBron and AD. Um, but it's all 
it's all very interesting to me. Rich Paul says they're not going to trade him, so you'd figure he'd know. Well-timed be- article on LeBron, huh, this week? Really well-timed. I had, Consid- I had most of that written like 10 days ago. Uh, but but like we we decided to wait for a better moment. The whole sa- sand in the hourglass emoji that is was just something else. I mean, what, you know what you're doing. I know exactly. He knows what he's doing. Time's up. That's what the emoji was. The sand was at the bottom of the hourglass, right? <laughs> and it's like, I think it is a very reasonable discussion to have, considering. Let's say this doesn't improve greatly. Let's say there's just a 500 team. And let's say they lose in the play-in. Yep. You know, they run into somebody, they lose in the play-in, season's over. Does anybody think he's going back, that he's just going to run it back? Maybe. May- maybe, really? go ba- maybe, no, maybe go back, but not run it back. The Lakers, this offseason, they'll have the ability to, to trade three first-round draft picks plus swaps. So, L.A., right now can't make like a massive move. Like they can't go out and get Trey Young today. Look, but, if you're but but this but this summer you could go get Trey Young. But I will say this. Your best chance at winning a title is having LeBron James. Of course it Unle- is. Yeah, so you you do what you can. You do what you can. I, I do think if I'm if I'm Darvin Ham, I, I I would I would immediately walk in that locker room last night and be like, see, this is how it's supposed to look. Ball movement. It ain't that hard. Shooting 50% from three. Russell doesn't suck. Reeves doesn't suck. No, these guys don't suck. Like, why do they suck? <laughs> Everybody's been on their ass. It's everybody else. It's like, you saw. Like, did they look like they sucked last night? No, of course not. I mean, it's it's interesting to think, like, are how do you get the most out of them simultaneously? And this harkens back to the very first conversation we had with the Brunson. Can you get the best of while playing with? And I think for the better part of 20 years, LeBron James was so good that you could throw him with anybody. But now they still play like he's the guy that's just going to get you home every night. And that's not where he is in his career. You're not going to get to the fourth quarter in a close game and it's like, all right, now we got this guy. And he's just going to get me home, right? Like, that's not that's not where he is. He's still awesome, but he's not in that part of his career where it's, all right, like for the better part of 20 years, if you were in a tie game with three minutes left to go, you were, it's like, all right, they've got LeBron and we don't. <laughs> and that's not, that's not so anymore. And so how does everything transition into that and I'm sure that he probably doesn't feel that way right now and I think you do have to wonder like can can the 39 year old guy who is the second best player to ever play in the league can he be the best player on a title team what do you think and this is why on the Lakers side of things still your best chance (laughs) <laughs> I know, but if this is why on the Lakers side of things, you're planning to go after Luka in a couple of years when he's closer to free agency or when he hits free agency. How much do you want to invest in 39-year-old LeBron James and, and AD, who's a great player, but in, until the last calendar year or so was injury prone? How much do you want to go all in on this when the flip side is, well, you could build a, a youthful team you could get something back. You could set yourself up for that next wave of stars, either via trade or via free agency. Like you do need to think long term as well, which is why they're not like I wrote in the article. David Griffin with the Cavs, you know, gave up first round picks for Channing Frye and Kyle Korver, who were when they were near the end of their careers, not even in their primes as role players. That's why the Lakers traded all of their youth and all of their picks to go get Anthony Davis because LeBron was different at that time when he was with Cleveland, when he was with Miami, and then when he first joined the Lakers than he is now. He's 39 now. He can become a free agent this summer. He said he wants to play with his son. So, you know, like there's so many well, factors and, 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 that at go some into point, it. At some point, you run out of... Assets. There's only so, but there's also so many times that you can blame the coach and blame the supporting cast. 
Yeah. We do it every year. For sure. Ham also has not been great this year. He has been one of the bottom five coaches in the league this season. That's true. They looked pretty damn good last night. They did look good last night. They also shot 50% from three. And the Celtics made zero adjustments in the game to attack to attack mismatches. I told you a thousand times, bro. You, it, it, you can have whatever coach you want over there. You're playing the way LeBron wants to play. That's it. Yeah, but rotations and lineups still matter. I got you. I got you. And that's part of what plays into some of the inconsistencies. And, and like you've talked I, so much about this over the years, Chris, where it's like guys knowing their roles. That's right. Knowing what their responsibilities are. But on the lineup changes every night and guys don't know what that's to That's where he has failed. That's yes. where he's failed. I that's agree. a pretty big way to fail. Yeah. It's a pretty big way. And like he, the, the fact that, that the lineup that helped fuel them to make the postseason last year, 80 Vanderbilt. LeBron, D'Lo, Reeves, the fact that it played only like at this point 27 minutes on the season, 30 minutes on the entire season, mm-hmm. that's crazy. It played more minutes last Saturday against the Warriors in one game than it did the entire season prior. That's nuts. Well, they they sucked at the beginning and then it becomes this whole thing again. They're bad at the beginning. And so he just bailed on it. It's like, all right, now we're going to change yeah, this. Bad, gonna change bad this. in nine so wait, minutes? Huh? Bad in nine minutes, though? No, no, no. I'm saying at the beginning of the season. That's why he started changing things around. And then, of course, uh, everybody got yeah, injured. Re- I mean, they probably Reeves had got different off to plans. a slow start and all right. that. Of course. So now we got to make some changes because we don't have time to do any. Everybody's impatient about all of it. So now it, it, it's not the right thing to do. He should have just stuck to his guns and said, look, we just got to the we just played against Denver, who won the title. That's who we lost to. And this is our this is our best lineup chance. But sometimes whenever you anytime these guys have more choices to make, they can end up screwing that up. Sometimes you want the choices to be just made for you. And it's even better to only have, you know, nine healthy availables or something like that. Well, th- this is this is quite a hot take, but I'll just say it. I don't think the Lakers should trade LeBron James. <laughs> Gee, Kev. I, I, I think what they should do is make some moves around the edges. Go after like a Kelly Olenek from Utah. Maybe you can try to get DeJounte Murray in an Austin Reeves deal where you don't have to give up two first-round draft picks. Some, something like that that improves your chances, improves your backup center spot, improves your perimeter defense. And then you go forward the season and see how far it takes you. But then you still have the the powder for a bigger move this summer, a big move this summer that allows you to further bolster the team around LeBron and AD. Or you go the other way, and those guys that they, they decide they want to leave, and you have a young roster. If you get Dejounte Murray, he's got a new contract. Maybe he blossoms where he's away from Trey Young. Maybe he act, maybe this new three-point shooting that he's experiencing is for real. Maybe he taps back into his level of defense and he becomes an even more valuable player overall. That's possible. You can't rule that out. Um, you know, like We saw that how many times. Like uh, The Kings split up Halliburton and Fox, and Fox blossoms, Halliburton blossoms. Maybe Murray is actually about to explode. It's just he's playing with Trey, and those guys have to share the ball together, and Trey's the guy there. Um, so I, I think with Murray, I have my questions about him, but I'm just playing devil's advocate with myself sure. when it comes to my assessment there. All right. Uh, last thing before we get out of here, tell me about Apple Vision Pro. I saw you get like aggregate. There's like a hat tip, Kevin O'Connor, and I was like, what? And all it was I like did some was tweet on the clip. Yeah. So <laughs> so what was this? What was this whole deal? And do you have one of these? No, I don't. Or were have you it. just like, oh, this looks cool? It just it just looks cool to me. The uh, the Apple Vision Pro, um, Brian Tong, uh, he posted a, a full fifty four minute review on YouTube, uh, an overview of the Apple Vision Pro, and, and like a clip was you know tweeted out of him showing NBA League Pass on the Apple Vision Pro and the way like within the if you don't know what Apple Vision Pro is, it's like a VR headset where like there's a pass through feature where you can kind of it's like a you're looking at a screen 4K recording of your room it's weird it looks like a like a ski goggles yeah it looks like ski goggles but basically yeah. within the clip Brian 
Um, he's like a league pass within the Apple Vision Pro. He has like five screens on at once. It's like you have like a multi monitor setup, except it's huge within your vision. It's like you're watching on a big screen TV, but you have monitors next to it. It's like the way Bill Simmons described his like watching TV with his wife in the Larry Data <laughs> podcast. <laughs> it's like, like, where it's like they're watching a TV show on yeah. the big screen, but then he's got the basketball on the sides. That's what it's like. It's like you have Bill Simmons' living room. Within your own living room. Do you know what's crazy? <laughs> when he was telling that story, I I hearkened back to when I was in college, my best friend, we, he lived in Chattanooga. We uh we went to his house and went to his house and we were like uh we at one point one night we went down to the living room and his parents would sit there on the couch and they would like cuddle, but there were two TVs. There's one up and one <laughs> hey, one up and one below, and they both had headphones on. So they were both watching their own thing on the TVs, but they were sitting with each other next to each other in the room. And I was like, that's, and and they've been married over 50 years. And I was like, hey, it worked out, right? Like they they were always, they, you know, uh, they were always together. They spent this time together, but they had these headphones on and were watching different things. And I'm like, Timmy, what the hell is going on here? And he's like, they watch like my dad wants to watch the Braves and my mom's watching her shows. It's kind of cute. I know. That's that's very sweet. <laughs> I know, right? I never <laughs> even I never even considered it. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, I like pretty that. Wild. Yeah, yeah. I, I felt the same way about the Bill, Bill story. It's like, oh, yeah, it's kind of cool. They're together watching TV, but they're sometimes Bill's glancing over at the games. Well, I probably right? just gave Simmons an idea because this usurps <laughs> oh, the, the, vo- the volume yeah. issue, right? Yeah. Yes, exactly. That's true. Yeah, uh, but, you put yeah, on the Apple Vision yeah. Pro, it's like we're in the beginning stages of, you know, of their Apple, Apple's products. Like, obviously, VR headsets have existed for some time. We're still in the first decade or so yeah. of VR. But I, I'm very intrigued by by where the technology is going to go and some of the uses for it. I, I look I'm forward not, to the day that there's is augmented reality glasses. That That's where it's no, really going to No, I don't want to put anything. I don't have to put anything on my face or do any of that kind but of stuff. But regular glasses. If, no. if, you, if you could have, like, data... No. No, you don't want that at all. I'm I'm just waiting until Elon Musk throws his chip in my brain, the and then I can, and and then he just knows that I want the channel to change to the Buck Celtics game. Oh, so, so you're ready? Just, <laughs> you're ready for a Neuralink in your brain in 30 years when, when the technology's good. That's that's what you're ready for, where you can like telepa- telepathically change Tele- the channel, telepathically send a text message. That's yep. what it really is. Like you 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 would have. You could have telepathic, like that's what it would be. Like, but um, yeah, that's that's uh, they did their first first human trial for that. Would um, you be a, if they if Elon called you? No, because you guys no are way. best buddies. No way, you wouldn't be a human trial for that. No, no, he's they're doing they're doing trials on people who like can't walk or can't see. Ah, uh, come on, you ain't got that much to give society anyway. Come on, <laughs> yeah, and all I do is talk basketball. <laughs> yeah. What's a what's a what's yeah. a difference? Game? Heard come about on. that earlier this week. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but uh. What? Somebody told you all you do is talk basketball? In a, in a sense. <laughs> oh man. Um, but uh, I'm with, sorry. The Vision, with the Apple Vision Pro. What was on- her name? I'm a I'm a, I'm gonna tell her that was messed up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tell her. Well, with the Apple Vision Pro, on a, they're scheduling demos. I didn't purchase and I won't purchase. I'm talking, you know, it's too much money. But um, how much the, is it? Thirty five hundred. For that thing you put on your face? Yeah, thir- 3500 bucks, and then that's before taxes and potential add-ons. But on Monday, I'm going for a demo. Like, I'm getting a 20, 30-minute demo on Monday nice. morning uh, for the Apple Vision Pro because you can schedule that out whether you demo it and you get to experience it within the Apple Store. So I'm very, very excited for that to experience on Monday morning. Tell them we'll be influencers and try to get us a couple for free. Yeah, I, I, I'll I'll try to try to swing it, you know, and try to yeah. work it out for me and you. Yeah, I'm sure your Perfect. son would have fun with it. Uh, I've got one of those Oculus things. Oh, oh yeah, I got one of those too. I, I don't. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I don't. I don't think the quality of those is enough for me to want to throw that on. It's a little too pixelated. But th- this from the people like Ben Thompson, it, free, it freaked me out when I put it on. But but you know, like Ben Thompson from Stratechery, um, yeah. like his incredible tech blog. Uh, he wrote about it and talked about it on one of his podcasts. I think it might have been Sharp Tech with Andrew Sharp, who people might know NBA with. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, um, 
they talked about it and Ben made the point of like, it's like 4K. Like the, like the way the quality of this screen is, is just on another level from any prior VR headset. That's always been my hang up with the prior VR headsets. I just don't think the quality is at a level that I think is worth it. But this, it seems like is is at that level but the but it's he- like from what i understand it seems heavy we'll talk about it more next week. what we'll day do you doing mo- it monday morning so we'll do a monday oh, night perfect. review of my 20 30 minute demo of the apple vision pro but I, i'm very excited to try it out i can't wait for the monday night review mm-hmm. all right that's gonna do it for this episode of the mismatch thank you to our executive producer jesse lopez as always and kevin i'll talk to you next week have a great weekend everybody Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with the Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG. In Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Vermont, and Virginia. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342. In Connecticut, call 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 or visit K gamblinghelp.com In Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. In Maryland, visit mdgamblinghelp.org. In West Virginia, visit 1800gambler.net. In Wyoming, call 1-800-522-4700. Hope is here. In Massachusetts, visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC Pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com.